Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back. Happy New Year's. Uh, You'll have to forgive me, I am pretty sick. I have a bad cold, so I have a cough drop in my mouth, and I'm getting like lightheaded as I speak, so that's great. But I wanted to bring you a final episode for 2017. I'm pretty sure this is episode 50, which is fucking crazy. I started the first week in January. I've taken two weeks off. And now I'm on episode 50. Thank you guys so much for listening, for being my friends, for supporting me. Feathers in my hair has grown to a level that is shocking to me. I I truly can't believe it sometimes. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty great. I'm ready to close the door on 2017 and grow this thing even more next year. And so I decided, since there was no new episode this week, and I'm not watching that fucking bullshit recap, wrap-up, fake New Year's Eve party that MTV, like, here's the thing, I don't watch those. I read recaps of them, and I don't watch them. It's just not a part of my life, an MTV recap show like that. So I have decided to do a very special episode. I've asked on my dear friend Tomlin who uh, helped me hey. write down Janelle's book. Say hi, Tomlin. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back. And we are going to do a very special episode on someone that I hold very near and dear to my heart, Team Mom-wise, but I don't know if I've ever even discussed her on this show. Like, she, unfortunately, was not put on Teen Mom 2, supposedly because of filming laws in Michigan, where she lives, Except that doesn't make sense because Kate, I don't know. But for whatever reason, we were not blessed with her for Teen Mom 2. However, she has never let herself be forgotten, if you will. (laughs) I would definitely say that. I mean, to this day, her social media accounts are Nicole MTV. Yeah. Because she was on a special that aired 44 minutes and, like, 38 seconds of her life Absolutely. in 2000-something. And that is Nicole from 16 and Pregnant Season 2. Uh, the episode is Nicole and Josh. And here's the thing. Tomlin and I were talking, and we're going to talk about our episode, but really this is just an episode about Nicole. Like, I don't care that much about her 16 and Pregnant episode. Nicole is insufferable in it. But Nicole, since her 16 and Pregnant episode, has gone on a fucking journey that deserves it deserves attention from us i would say so i think any real featherhead is tuned in to the people who have gone out of their way to be wild like our favorite Mackenzie mckee and nicole is just on that same level Mm -hmm. but on a completely different fucking playing field oh i i mean like it's not really comparable, Mackenzie and Nicole. Like, they're very oh, no, like, similar. The only and, thing no, no, that is comparable no, they're is, definitely like, the thirst for fame. Yeah, they're definitely similar. They occupy similar head spaces, like, similar spaces in my head. 
because they're both like well Mackenzie got Team Mom three, but Team Mom three doesn't is non canon, if you will. I don't I don't consider <laughs> Team Mom three to be canon in the world of Teen Mom. It just doesn't count. It was so fucking boring. The only thing that Team Mom three gave us is what I thought was the funniest Twitter parody account, which was called Alex is Yelling, and it would just it would just tweet things in all caps like because remember how much alex yelled all the time like she just screamed all the time that's the only thing of note that team mom three like really gave us in my opinion oh definitely also it gave us that one scene of matt in his like drug haze saying like the word echelon correctly in a sentence that's like the main thing I took away from it. I was like, the guy on heroin may be the smartest person in the room. Like it happened. <laughs> okay, so but yeah, so Team on Three is non-canon. It's whatever. But Nicole. Okay, so Nicole appears. She's the third episode of uh, season two of Sixteen and Pregnant. I think either the second or the third, and she has the voice of the most obnoxious. Well, first of all, she's very young. She was only fifteen. When Lyle was born, I think. Yes. Which is so young. I don't know when she gave birth if she was 15, but she was definitely 15 at the beginning of the episode, and she was already showing. So at any rate, she was very young. Very young. And she she has the most obnoxious 16-year-old voice I can think of. Like, she's so soft-spoken, and, like, doesn't put any sort of emotion whatsoever into anything she says. And it, it's infuriating Oh, my God, that sounded like you're Brianna. A li- it's a little similar. <laughs> I feel like that makes, that puts a lot of things that we're about to talk about in context. I mean, they're not that dissimilar. Well, no, they are. They're pretty different. But it, they're, they kind of have similar, like, on-screen presence. I would say the same, and I would also say that, I don't know, they both play the game of being very different than they really are on the internet. Yeah. So, regardless of circumstances, there's an underlying thread. I mean, there's probably a thread that connects all of these girls, because it takes a special type of person to be pregnant as a teenager and be on reality TV, as being like, yep, this is the move. I... 100% 100% agree, and what I'm obsessed with in this equation is the parent that will allow their teen daughter to go on 16 and pregnant. I think that it's one thing to for a 16-year-old to want to go on the show, but it's like a whole other ballgame for that parent to sign the release. Like, the thought of going home as a pregnant 16-year-old alone was terrifying to me. My mother... I don't even want to know what she would have said or done if I brought home a release talking about some <laughs> mom. I want to be on the documentary series MTV is doing about pregnant teenage. Like, what? No. What was- in the world? Like, even, like, the best parents on the show, like... Still like, sign the release? I, the, I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it because like Janet, that's a weird situation with Kale because it's not really her mom, but like still that was super weird. Yeah. But it was money and it wasn't her kids, so it's like one thing. But then when you have Randy, it's kind of just like why? Like why well, did you do this to yourself and your family? I so that's my one thing I hold against all the parents yeah. for like Babs. It kind of makes more sense because it's like yeah, I'll take five thousand bucks. Yeah, I, for Randy, I mean obviously I think he just wanted the attention and like 
wanted Chelsea to have the attention. But yeah, it's so bizarre to allow... I don't know. I think they think they're educating people, which is, you know, a whole other thing. That went out the window after season one and, like, Teen Mom was on the air, basically. Agreed. So I guess that doesn't speak to Nicole's mom, basically, but I just didn't know how to feel about Ricky the whole episode. I love Ricky. Ricky with... You love Ricky? This episode is in 2009, and Ricky is sporting a heavy 1992 look. Like, she... Okay. Her wow, all right. is, like, fully crunched. I Ricky has a very nice home, you know, I will say. They live in somewhere in Michigan that's very close to Ohio. I don't understand geography. Sad. I'm sorry if I'm messing up. They live in state. Monroe yeah. between Toledo and Detroit. Which is, like, sounds great, um, but... <laughs> I don't know what that means either, but yeah. I listened. Um, and so she has like a nice home her dad's not in the picture it's just her mom and her little brother and she's 15 and she has a boyfriend named josh who is one of the worst dads we've seen we see on 16 and pregnant probably because he's not he's like he's so awful because he's like very abusive like we see a lot of shitheads on 16 and pregnant that just like don't give a fuck and they're like all right, like, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about this. We see a lot of, like, Devons who I wouldn't call, like, abusive. They're just shitty people and, like, shitty dads and immature. and Yeah, you see a ton of, like, lip service. Mm -hmm. But Josh is, like, gets off on abusing Nicole. He definitely does. And, like, the one thing that struck me, because I watched this, like, one and a half times. I tried to be thorough in my research. I love it. I love a journalist. Uh, you know me, I'm the nerd. But um, as I was like watching this, it kind of like struck me on the second watching that I understand why Ricky was very like frustrated with Josh. But I was just kind of like, doesn't she see that the boy ain't right? Like, there's definitely something that's like noticeably off about Josh when you're watching the way he like interacts. Yeah. With everyone around him. That's true. And oh, just Josh's, what was Josh's mom's name? I didn't catch it. Oh, I think Sarah or something. Ashley, like one uh, of those names. I want to just like wrap her in a blanket and hold that poor woman. Because I just don't even know what has happened there. Yeah. I think that Josh was like, he was a little older than Nicole, I think. So he's probably 17. I don't know if they said his age. But he had been expelled from school. Um, he would break up with Nicole, like, every day and then fuck some other girl. They never, ever used condoms. Not once, she said. Not once the whole time they were having sex, they used condoms. They used the pull-out method. A classic. <sighs> and it's For just, a reason. It's just upsetting to watch Nicole defend him the whole time. Like, especially... I think there's just something so upsetting about it, like, because her voice is so soft-spoken that it, like, it, like, adds an extra layer of, like, this is, like, a little girl that's being abused oh, yeah. by her shithead boyfriend. Most definitely. There's the... Oh, my gosh. Like, I won't spoil the whole thing, but when she tries to, like, say little things to stand up for herself to him, it's so pathetic. She's pathetic. Like, that's well, a good word. Well, this like 
and it's I'm not even saying this is like an attack on her because she was like 15 years old and has gone on to do way more like gross things that I have stronger words for. But it was just like, oh, no, it was like watching it. somebody kick a fucking puppy. It like was, it was that's bad. the best word for it, especially in contrast to watching an episode of like Janelle or Farah <laughs> or even Kate or even Ch- you know, dude, even I was... like even Chelsea because now my on feelings season. have dropped. Yeah. Even, Ch- you know, Chelsea, who also had, like, a shithead abusive boyfriend. But there's just something so sad and pathetic about Nicole that is, like, really hard to replicate, I guess. She will be like, Josh will be like, you're a stupid bitch. And she'll be like, why would you say that? But Josh, like, why did you say uh, that? It's just like that. And upon my second watching, I start to kind of feel like, I don't think Nicole, well, and now I definitely know this, but from watching the episode, I kind of went, Nicole doesn't seem right either. Like, they are two sides of, like, a weird, fucked up, dark coin. And I just walked away. Sarah, Ashley, whatever that woman's name was, and Ricky, just those women. Yeah, I, Nicole, so I guess we should just say it like the big bad thing that Nicole did for people that don't know, because it's very hard for me to watch this episode now and feel a lot of empathy for her, which might be. Yeah. Wrong. We should definitely, should we give like a trigger warning? Cause it is kind of upsetting. Yeah. I mean this pregnant, this pregnancy, this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about um, like infant loss and stillbirths. And if that upsets you, like just turn off, this podcast episode because we're about to get into it um and this episode is very hard to watch knowing what happened later which is a few years later like 2012-ish maybe 2013 Nicole Nicole faked a stillbirth not only did she fake a stillbirth but she faked an entire pregnancy she sold the stories made about five to ten thousand dollars and got her tits done Yeah, and Liz does not misspeak when she uses the term stillbirth. She didn't just fake being pregnant and having a miscarriage. She faked an entire very tragic and painful loss. Oh, like one of having a stillborn child. Like probably one of the worst things I could ever think of doing. Yeah, like she didn't just say like, "Well, I had a stillbirth." She like, God, this is so awful. I'm laughing because it's so horrific. Um, I personally like had an experience with somebody that a very close family member had a stillbirth at eight months and it was literally like the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen in my entire life it was fucking horrific it was the worst thing they had a funeral for the baby it it was like the worst thing I can ever imagine so I'm not making light of this situation I'm like laughing at Nicole because it's so horrific what she did but she like posted this picture of this teddy bear right that was like and apparently, she's like, the baby's ashes are in here. Like, she... No, like, she even went a step further than that. Her mom had, like, fucking shoulder surgery or some bullshit at the hospital. Oh, well, yeah. And she got in her mom's hospital bed and wrapped up some blankets to look like she was holding a baby and pretended that was her in the hospital the day that her child was... Her <sighs> non-existent child was stillborn. Like... L- what the fuck so basically what, fuck? what happened is nicole post 16 and pregnant like 
Ricky ended up getting custody of Lyle, and she might still technically have custody of Lyle. I don't think the internet knows. Every time it comes yeah, up, people and it was are like, for insurance reasons. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but Nicole like went crazy. Josh went to prison, which should be a surprise to nobody. And we'll get into like Josh getting out of prison and what happened there later, because that's a story in and of itself. But Nicole like went wild and she was partying and drinking a ton and like had nothing to do with Lyle really. And uh, she was seeing this guy named Mike and I think they were seeing each other on and off and Mike finally broke up with her and got a new girlfriend named Terry and Nicole told Mike she was pregnant and Mike and Terry the whole time were like it's fake it's fake it's fake and Nicole would post a lot of pictures but they weren't like bare belly photos and they were always like like a little like obscured the pictures this is like the age of a mac photo booth picture you know so they'd be like with weird filters and i was about to say giving you a strong filter giving you like shit like weird fucking bullshit instagram frames back when instagram was like a lot newer and shittier looking yeah this is all like done on your iphone 3 type of stuff And Nicole then had posted and posted and posted about the baby. The baby's name was going to be Ashton. And then all of a sudden she shows up at a music festival and posts a picture of herself or somebody posted a picture of herself in a bikini, like at this music festival, like obviously drunk. And she clearly has not just given birth and a like according to her had given birth five days before and now supposedly is like at this music festival and the team mom world went wild it was truly a crazy time she also had a joint in her hand in that picture so it was just like oh having a real good time in my bikini oh, that yeah, is up my right <laughs> like, yeah i'm looking at it now. having a great time with my bikini that's like coochie cutting me yeah but it's like a tiny bikini five days ago she also said you know that she had the teddy bear with the baby's ashes in it i don't know what the timeline is like for getting cremations done but i feel like it would just be a time where you'd have a lot of stuff you would need to do like in that first week maybe and it's just like the whole thing is so implausible and it became a shit storm. And this is back in the days that Teen Mom News was a lot slower and yeah. the scene was way different. So it was just it was truly a time to be a featherhead. It was truly a time to be a featherhead. And, you know, Nicole's from like a pretty I don't know how small Monroe is, but it seems like she's I mean, I've never been there, but it seems like she's from like a small community and people are posting like I saw her she wasn't pregnant I saw her she was pregnant like it was going crazy and Mike and Terry were like oh no this is fucking bullshit like no 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 so Nicole starts posting all of these things online to like prove she had been really pregnant like she posted two ultrasounds that had her name on them and people figured out that the ultrasounds are from like a place in Florida and a place in New York (laughs) which remember she lives in between Detroit and Toledo um, yeah, she was saying Nicole was saying that she peed on 
like a pregnancy stick in front of Terry because they hadn't believed her at all. And Terry was like, that never happened. Um, apparently she had told Terry that she had given birth on July 28th, 28th. And this picture of her came out on like August 3rd or something. And then apparently a lot of people in town had seen her pregnant on July 30th. Okay. Wow. So Nicole, when faced with this, like, okay, bitch, like, where's the baby? She decided to tell the world that she had a stillbirth. And as you said, posted a picture of her laying in a hospital bed. Um, Posted the picture of the baby's ashes. And started selling stories to, like, Radar and... um, Starcasm detailing how she had a stillbirth, and a lot of people were like, "Okay, well, is she getting paid for these?" <laughs> and her best friend eventually went on what was a podcast, but it was streamed live on the internet, and it was called like a a Teen Mom radio show. I don't know, um, but she went on <laughs> there and was like, "Yeah, I helped her fake it." Wow. <laughs> This is a lesson for everybody out there listening. Never have an accomplice. If you're going to do some shit, you just got to go balls to the wall and make it. You have to make sure no one is in on it with you because this is what happens. This is what happens. Yeah. Is this is this a good time for me to just say my thing? Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. I have to do, like, I feel like I'm, like, radar online or some shit right now because I have to say that a source extremely close to Nicole, I can verify that this person is 100% on the up and up. This wouldn't be a lie that they tell me. I'm not getting compensated for anything. This person had an interview, (laughs) right? (laughs) Hey, this person had an interview with Nicole that never ended up published anywhere just because Nicole would not agree to it. And I hope that Liz doesn't get like sued or anything. Actually, should I not say this? Yeah, just should say it. Cut it out. Allegedly. Just say allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, Nicole told this source that she faked that stillbirth and she did it so that she could get everybody off of her back and she has no feelings about it. She doesn't feel bad about it at all and she's glad that she got the money to get the boob job. She even once tweeted, somebody had tweeted her, like, at least I didn't, like, uh, sell a fake stillbirth, stillbirth story for boobs and she tweeted back like you would if you could or something, like, basically confirming it. Like, it's like that book that OJ put out. If I, yeah, exactly. If I did it. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, we know for a fact, allegedly, possibly, but we know, allegedly, that Nicole faked her stillbirth. This is, like, a, definitely an accepted fact throughout the Teen Mom world. Like, there was extensive... It's canon. It's canon at this point. Beyond canon. Like, if there's a word for something that's more canon, then it's that. Like, this is absolutely something that happened. She was a fucking lunatic. Like, so watching this 16 and Pregnant episode, knowing that she would go on to fake a stillbirth is, is a lot. It's a lot for me, personally. Um, it's like when um, I had Maria on and we were talking about Mackenzie McKee's 16 and Pregnant, knowing that she had had that miscarriage with baby Oakley, 
before the episode. And Dark. then and then like this whole episode they're like, I can't believe you got pregnant. It's weird to watch. And now I feel the same about Nicole's sixteen pregnant episode. Because you're like, oh, that's so sad. What's happening with Josh? But then you're like, oh, she faked a stillbirth. Yeah, because it kind of brings it into perspective that, like I said, it's kind of obvious to a third party if you remove his jerky actions and your, like, emotional reaction to him, it's clear that the boy ain't right. Yeah. And you gotta, you kind of got to wonder about Nicole, and that kind of confirms it. And it's just like, yep. That, like, not saying that anybody, like, deserves the abuse they're getting, but it just kind of, it, like I said, it brings things into perspective. Like, they are two people that are a little bit broken that have, like, become attracted to each other because there's probably a common thread in what they're going through that they can really relate to. But just in tandem, it is just not good. It's so terrible. Poor Lyle. Yeah. The craziest part is that Nicole has since rebranded herself into what I would call a super mom. Um, She does these posts that go viral. I want to read, this one is so long, but she had a second baby, a real second baby, (laughs) not a fake one, named Elle or Ellie. And she wrote this post that got shared, I'm looking on Facebook, Over 100,000 times. 100,000. So it said, a year ago today I found out I was pregnant. A year ago today I smoked my last cigarette. A year ago today I put down the bottle. A year ago today I completely changed my life for better, even though it might change for the worse. So many people look at me today and tell me how great of a mother I am and how I'm goals. Currently, I can agree with these two things, but that is not who I've always been. I got pregnant with my son at 15. I had never partied, never drank, never snuck out. The only bad thing I did was have sex. I stayed in school, had my son, and was the best mom I could be at 16. I went back to school week after birth, kept my grades up, was back on the cheer team, and raising my son. I began to realize all my peers were out on the weekends, drinking and having what looked like fun. I was 17 now, and my son was a little over one. My mom had always been strict, but I decided to ask if I could go to a party. Shockingly, I got a yes. I went, I drank, and I loved it. It felt good to feel what I thought was normal. It felt good to be social and get out of the house. By 18 slash 19, I was going out every weekend and even took a week trip to Florida for spring break. My time with friends and alcohol became greater as my time with my son became less. I was so focused on myself and finding out what I wanted that I neglected my son in our relationship. 20 came and I met my daughter's dad, admitting to me right when we met that he was an alcoholic. We clicked, even though he's probably one of the worst people for me. Daily drinking, staying up till 5 a.m. and sleeping all day. Going days without seeing my son and not thinking twice about it. I was so lost in this life that I didn't even know who I was anymore. I did not recognize the girl in the mirror. I let myself be treated like complete crap day in and day out by myself and by my boyfriend. I didn't love myself, therefore I could not love anyone else. I had no relationship with my family and rarely talked to my friends. October 31st, 2014, a vice escalated so badly that I was thrown into a wall and blacked out. I knew I couldn't do this anymore. I went out that night to drink to numb a pain I didn't even really feel anymore. The drinks made me sick unknowingly to me because I was pregnant. I don't think that's how that works. I woke up the next morning still sick and questioning why two small drinks would make me feel so hungover. The thought of pregnancy ran across my mind, but I didn't think much of it. As the day went on, I kept popping into my mind. I decided to buy a test just to be sure I was not pregnant. I took the test so nonchalantly that I barely even paid attention. Finding on my phone, I noticed two lines pop on the test below. What the fuck? 
I dropped to my knees and began sobbing. I wasn't sure what to do. Blah, 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 blah. That day changed my life so much and I'm forever grateful. My mother is not my best friend. I have my good friends back. I have a relationship with God. I respect and love myself. I've not gone a day without seeing Lyle since I became pregnant with Ellie. My idea of a fun Friday night is dance around my kitchen with my kids. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah. Now she is a superwoman. <laughs> Which is like... She forgot to mention in this thing that she faked a stillbirth. She forgot to mention in this thing she faked a stillbirth. She forgot to mention in this thing that she posts these things all the time and copies them off of other people's as, like, templates to try to go viral because she already has her MTV fan base. She, like, forgets to mention the fact that she is still clinging to her MTV fame, even though that happened in, like, what, 2010? Mm Mm-hmm. And was 44 minutes long. Yeah, she also had another one go viral about, and you guys might have even seen this, how she has her six-year-old son take her on dates once a month. That got, like, 500,000 shares. Um, She's, like, constantly, constantly, constantly getting getting viral for being, like, this super mom. And it's, like, maddening. It's maddening to me. Because she's a bad person. Do you know what I saw? I saw another one when I was, like, perusing her Instagram that's more recent. Where it's, like, her... Not that one, but the one with Ellie in the makeup. Oh, I didn't see this. She was, like, in Target picking out some makeup. And she was looking at some lipstick. And just when she was telling Ellie that it was such a pretty color, she turns around. And the baby has, like, foundation all over her face. And I, all I could think to myself is, like, this poor child had their mother open, like, department store makeup and smear it all over them to take a picture for Instagram. Because, like, I don't believe it happened. I don't believe anything anymore. Nothing ever happens. R slash nothing ever happens. Oh, I see this with the foundation. (sighs) Nicole, she is just, she's a lunatic. So she had the second baby daddy, uh, I don't remember, I think his name was Ryan, and she would post all the time about how he abused her, and they would break up, and then they get back together, and then they break up, and then they get back together, and then all of a sudden, let's just talk about this now, why not, since we're already off topic with the episode, um, but <laughs> Nicole, so Josh got out of prison, and her and Nicole got back together, and everybody was like, Oh, what? Like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. And he went crazy. I don't, like, I don't know how else to explain it. But Nicole decided to document it on Instagram. And this was, like, last year. This was pretty recently. I'm not sure why she decided to document it on Instagram. But she did. And, like, literally posted pictures of Josh cutting himself, like, cutting his arm open. It is very upsetting. Um, Another trigger warning. Yeah. This is, like, he had run away to Texas. Um, It was, they were really bad. And Nicole wrote this whole long post that we're going to read and talk about. Let me start by saying I never thought I would share this, and it's taking a lot of courage in me to do so. 
My intentions that are I could possibly help someone going through a similar situation. Right off the bat, I'm like, Nicole, you share everything. Like, really? You never thought you would share this? Like, you literally just posted pictures of him cutting himself. So, like, you know. The way that it's written is such, like, material for copy pasta. Mm-hmm. That I, I hate it so much. It's like everything that has ever been something that people, like, put in Times New Roman on, like, a white background and make, like, a long thing that people repost on Instagram. Yeah. So I never shared on Instagram that I got back together with my son's father. Not true. But if you followed me on other social media like Snapchat or Twitter, then you probably know. Oh, so she put it on every other thing except Instagram. Like, congrats, Nicole. I kept the whole relationship relatively private. Mm, Just because I knew from the start there would be a ton of judgment. For those who don't know my backstory, we got together when I was 13. I was pregnant at 15, had my son after I turned, a month after I turned 16. He treated me like dirt, cheated on me, etc. For years or on and off, in 2012 he went to prison for three years and got out in January of 2016, which is when we got back together. I truly thought he had changed in prison and given him a positive outlook on life. Several months into being back together, things started changing for the worst. As always, I know I was a fool to think you would change. Joshua suffers from a mental illness deeper than I could have ever imagined. One that he chooses to medicate with drugs. He has yet to be properly diagnosed, so I can't tell you what it is. I can just tell you it's very horrible. My best guess is manic bipolar. He would go weeks and months being completely normal and a great father and a great boyfriend. Then one day a switch would flick and he would be gone. (coughs) I received a call in the middle of the night to come to a hospital in Detroit because he had just been saved from overdosing. All while I thought he was at work. I've been called to pick him up from friends' houses because he wasn't breathing. I can't tell you the panic I felt driving to that house. The panic I felt watching this person who I no longer knew but still loved being plopped into my car with blue lips and gasping for breath, driving as fast as I could towards the hospital in complete shock, slapping his face and screaming his name, hoping he would wake up, calling 911 and begging them to save, to have somebody ready to get him out of my car at the hospital, having a whole crew of people rush out and drag his lifeless body out of my car and save his life, only for him to continue not to care about himself. After months of failed rehab attempts, things and money being stolen, bill money being spent, and being threatened, I said goodbye. The next time he left, I just locked the doors. I didn't even call to ask where he was or if he was okay. He wouldn't have answered anyway. Not until he was done getting high, at least. Things only got worse for me there. On night two of him showing up and knocking on my door and me not answering, he threw a giant rock through my living room window and climbed in. I was terrified and dialed 911 and set my phone in my pocket. I acted like everything was okay to protect myself. The cops showed up, and you know what they did? Nothing. They told me, he lives here. You can't get into trouble for breaking into your own home. I cried so hard that night. I felt so hopeless. I thought I would never get out of this hell I'm living in. And she posted a picture of the broken window, of course. The police took him to my mom's, thank God, because at this point I hadn't told her anything. And he told her everything. My mom, my angel, made it her goal to protect me. She let him stay with her. When he didn't, she she stayed with me. Huh? She made sure we got he wouldn't let get to me or the kids. A week later, with nowhere to go, he was offered a new life in Texas. Again, thank you, God. The leaving process was ugly, but it happened. He left. I kept in touch and told him I hope he gets a fresh start. 
A month or so in, he FaceTimed me and told me he was killing himself if I didn't let him come home and proceeded to cut his arm on FaceTime with me. I screenshotted to show his family how serious everything was. This is just a tiny sliver of the mental manipulation he used on me. Cops were called, he went missing, he was found, taken to the hospital, refused treatment, came back to where he was staying, and strangled his family member until they passed out. Now, before I say this, I am so sorry for that family member. And she's tough and is okay and it's over now. But y'all, that would have been me. But I honestly don't think he would have stopped with me and my kids could have seen this. I'm so thankful I kicked him out and that he had, had my and had my family to protect me. So thankful. But now in less than two weeks, he is court and I'm so scared he will be released and will try to come back here to my home. I know he needs help, but he doesn't want it. I already have plans in place if he does, but it hurts my heart to think that me and the kids won't be able to stay in our own house and all because of him. If anyone is going through something similar, please feel free to reach out. This is why I've been so inactive everywhere. This whole relationship was extremely depressing for me, and I just know now, and I'm just now getting back to my health, happy self. Am I correct in thinking that Josh is still currently in prison? I'm not. Or at least jail? I'm not positive. I would, I haven't heard that he got out. The last thing I saw about Josh was a mugshot of him and he was wearing, um, yeah. I think they call it a turtle vest, yeah. like the anti-suicide thing they put you in. Mm-hmm. And like very tragically, he's been a huge suicide risk in jail and prison before. Yeah, because he's very mentally unstable. So it's just a very bad situation on all fronts there. And it's just something that I feel I can't even talk about lightly on this podcast that's supposed to be talking about bullshit about Mm -hmm. Teen Mom on. And I just it's unfathomable that like Nicole is making this into an Instagram post and making this like our business to speak about. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a way to talk about her story without that post, you know, like there, first of all, her getting back with Josh is insane. It was insane to begin with, but we've, it's, it is sad. Like Nicole's a horrible person and I think she might be a sociopath because you have to have something wrong with you to fucking fake an entire stillbirth. And then say, like, you have no feelings on it and you don't care. And then use the money to get a boob job. Like, you you have to be fucked up. But she has never had a non-abusive boyfriend, from what it seems like. She's always going back and forth with these abusive guys. And she's always kind of posting about it on Twitter and Instagram. And it just at some point, it's like, what are you doing? Like, why... Are you posting, like, eight paragraphs long about this? Like, if you... She says she's doing it for, like, to help raise awareness. But, like, raise awareness for who? Obviously, Nicole, are these, like, weird cries for help? Because that's the only way that I can rationalize it. I don't know. I think he might still be in jail. She got... Oh, by the way, this wasn't even last year. I thought this was a longer ago, but this was in July of 2017. So this was only, like, a few months ago. And she got a restraining order against him, which is, like, good. Like, obviously, I don't want her to be with this guy. Um, He's not a good person, but I don't know. Nicole's just... She's just crazy. She's just... And it just is... 
there, like, she continuously puts her children around abusive men. Like, over and over again, she's doing that. And I wonder what is wrong in her head. (laughs) Like, I truly wonder what is wrong with her head. And Nicole is, like, this interesting case study in, like, social media fame. Because she's not relevant to, you know what I mean? Like, she's not a relevant person. Like, she, she's not on TV. But she has, hold on, I want to see how many followers she has. She has 145,000 followers. You know, her post gets oh. shared millions wow. of times. Like, there's something not right in her head that motivates her to, like, do the, these weird, inappropriate things for social media that nobody's asking for. She really wants to, I mean, it's the same reason she is a person we know in the first place, because she's the type of person who would get pregnant as a teenager and be like, you know what I want to do? Go on TV and tell everybody that I got netted in. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it it takes somebody who's very enterprising in that type of way to do it in the first place. And I think that she is still feeling, sl- as long as Teen Mom 2 is on the air, she's going to feel like she was, like, slighted. Yeah. I know. I remember Janelle once had tweeted, like, you're just mad you couldn't come on the show. Because, like, you couldn't for, so like, because of filming laws or your mom wouldn't let you or something. I mean, she did, her, Janelle. she did say in the beginning that 16 Pregnant episode, she's like, I'm the kind of girl who hates to be in the spotlight, but I love being a princess. And it shows her, like, uh, her mom buying her, like, $70 worth of, like, buying her clothes. Like, like it's fucking my super speed 16. And they're like, that would be $70. And Nicole, like, lights up. <laughs> like, this oh is, my like, God. like, $70 is she a lot. She also said she had a charmed life. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, girl. <laughs> right? Like, I want to discuss... <laughs> Nicole's outfit for the first day of school. <laughs> you didn't like her fit? She was wearing a hoodie and basketball shorts. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry that she was not prom queen with her big ass pregnant belly. Her mom was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> her mom was like, isn't it a more, her mom wanted her to wear like a blazer or something. <laughs> like, like, come on. dressier day. <laughs> uh, what would you wear if you were starting the 11th grade and dress. were seven months pregnant a comfy definitely that, that would be your go-to yeah of course that's on i could see that i could see tiny liz bentley with the big old belly and a maxi dress <laughs> um one day i did like the mtv animation when she was like josh just needs to grow up and they did like a him as a shrunken down baby (laughs) oh my god that terrified me mtv animation (laughs) is amazing i miss it on team mom yeah they've taken away some of the things that just made it like the good authentic teen mom we knew and loved well because they're on an ipad but we always have to look back on yeah, because the show has been on that long, like it's had to evolve. <laughs> the technology has had to evolve. It's true. I never thought about that. Wait, one thing from the like stupid, stupid teen mom, like New Year's Eve bullshit that 
I was mad. I didn't watch the whole thing because I was just like, is this seriously going to be the world's worst clip show? But Leah said that she was excited for 2018 because she was going to be double digits. And that fucked me up. Excuse me? Like, what did she mean? Like she's going to be double digits. She's going to be 10 years old. Leah said that? Oh, Leah Child. I thought you meant... (laughs) (laughs) My bad, little Leah. I thought you meant Leah Leah Messer, Sims Calvert Messer. And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, Leah Shirley's going to be 10? Yeah, well, yesterday was nine years since Daddy Derek died. Damn. Did you see Paris' Instagram post? Wait, let's see. We need to take a detour. We need to take a detour to Farrah's Instagram post about Daddy Derek. Because I just need to talk about it. Okay, you guys ready for this? This episode is a mess. I'm sorry, everybody. You know what? Fuck you. Fuck everybody. I'm giving you, I give you a Christmas podcast and I'm giving you a New Year's Eve podcast. Take no breaks. (laughs) You get what you get and you don't get fucking upset. All right? (laughs) Okay. So this is, and there was no fucking episode this week. Okay, this is from Farrah. Uh, okay. In loving remembrance to Derek Underwood, 12-28-2008, father, son, nephew, cousin, friend, and so much more. December 28th comes every year when we review all of our love, great memories, share stories, and know how special Derek was and how all the special and highly favored charisma passed to Sophia. Okay. <laughs> This past year, Sophia was bullied for not having to father her old public school. I thought, why would any child not understand that's out of one's control? And no one would ask for that. In a world full of ignorance and wrongdoing, I'm happy to say my daughter knows her truth and has strengthened that beyond the ignorance. This year, I saw an employer, longtime production, and my mother try to use my loss as their gain for heartache and to act as though they cared about my health and supported the struggles of the loss of Derek I go through. But for years, they could not let it be at peace as nothing needs to be relieved, rel- relived. And this year of review has spoken for those who cannot live life peacefully with you and support your growth and are not excited for your future and living better, happier, healthier, are no longer welcome. Do not ever manipulate or take advantage of a mother or child as they go through loss and challenges. It's disgustingly evil. Thank you, Daddy Derek, for always watching over us. And this year, we're at peace and happy with this loving, supportive family who live by this. And we were in loving spirits on our Hong Kong trip as Derek would have loved the heights in the water of Hong Kong Island as he did of his rock queries. With love. Farrah and Sophia, for those who want peace, life, love, happiness in a new chapter, hashtag strength, hashtag wellness, hashtag peace, hashtag happy, hashtag RIP, hashtag love, hashtag loss, hashtag live. (laughs) Okay, so Liz, this is actually something I've been wanting to ask you for a while. Okay. Do you think that Farrah is on drugs? Because I definitely do. Yeah, I think Farrah does a lot of cocaine. Um, I'm not okay, sh- good. We are on the same page. Farrah is fucking zooted on and on Instagram talking shit. Like, she reminds me of like CVJ circa Ew. like 2013. Like, that's kind of what she's giving, and it's not a good look. I'm sorry, who is CVJ? Oh, uh, from Love and Hip Hop Girl. 
Oh, I don't keep up that much. I only keep up with Love and Hip Hop, like, on a gossip level. You know what I mean? I don't You don't. It's a a terrible program. I know. You never have to apologize. I've tried so hard to get into it, but first of all, I really hate their standing talking heads. I'm like, everybody take a seat and take a deep breath. I just don't like, I don't like it. And I just, I don't know. I just, um, the show's not very good, but I keep up with the gossip of it. I really, my favorite part of this, I think is this year I saw an employer, longtime production. <laughs> like what? Is Farah sitting on her phone and furiously typing these or is she doing like voice to text? I think she might be doing voice to text because I remember like my voice to text are always a mess. I remember I was voice to texting you once and you're like, did you get drunk at your AA meeting? Like, why are these texts like <laughs> so bad? <laughs> um, but I don't know because it adds, there's punctuation sometimes and I feel like she wouldn't be saying comma, comma. like. <laughs> See, that, that's the thing that I've kind of always thought, like. She can't possibly be thinking, like, if she knows in her head to say comma, they wouldn't be so sporadically placed, you know? (laughs) Like, they would make a lot more sense if she knew how to use them. So it's just, none of it adds up. Maybe it's a mixture of both. Maybe she's doing voice to text and trying to fix it, and then autocorrect is fucking up. Like, that's really me trying to go all out. I don't understand Sarah, it. Even though she's the literal worst person in the world. Tomlin, she's I don't... still the queen of the mom universe. I don't understand it. Like, she says, I'm so obsessed with her saying, Derek was and how all this, and how all this special and highly favored charisma passed on to Sophia. Like, does she not read, like, do you think she reads these back and she's like, that's good. That makes sense. You know, in the fucked up fair way, like saying blessed and highly favored is like a thing in like more like churchy households. My mom says mm-hmm. that to me a lot of the time. So I feel is she just like remixing it in her fair word salad way? Like maybe in her head she really reads this and is just like, okay. Ugh, like maybe. she's not hard proofreading, but she's just kind of just like, yeah, like. Because that's how she talks. Like, she's typing exactly how she talks. Yeah. Sophia and... commented on the picture, by the way. She left a heart. <laughs> of... Can we talk about the other things Sophia has been posting on the internet, allegedly? The porn? Didn't I? I did talk yeah. about that, but I want to talk more about it always. Like, I mean, we're doing this supporting Farrah's antics. Just like she did back in the day with the Nicki Minaj thing or, I don't know, whatever the fuck Farrah is fighting with somebody this week about to stay relevant. But the the porn is such a step further. It's such a step further and it stayed up and is up long enough to let you know that it's not like a mistake of any sort. Yeah. It's just like... It's just what it's become, and I used to, like, I'm not saying I don't have hope for Sophia, but mm. I used to think, like, if uh, Farrah is crazy, uh, but it's not that bad. Mm. Like, I stopped thinking that maybe two or three years ago, <laughs> but it just gets darker and darker with time, and you always think it's going to stop, you know? And it doesn't. Like, for... 
Like, this is the worst fair is going to be. And it's just like, this is the thing. Like, I've, I've thought since the being, not being fair, but what was that shit when they brought, like, OG I know exactly what you're talking about. So they the clip show before OG came back, they like did a clip show where, but each mom got it their own episode. So it was post beam, but before OG was fully back on the air and each mom got a clip show and it was like, they had like their friends and fam over and they watched their old episodes and like, you know, they laughed, but they also cried. And Farrah had this like neighbor lady come over who was like 45 oh, poor years old. neighbor. And Farrah and her mom and dad started fighting, like, within a minute of the show starting. And then Farrah kicked the neighbor out and was like, she can't be here. That was, it was just the most terrible thing to watch. I, from that moment, I was really thinking, like, this girl is on drugs. Like, she's not acting normal. There was another episode where, was it, I don't remember if this, is the episode but it was around the time that she got kicked out of the party at the Hamptons Mm -hmm. they were in a hotel room and Farrah got very upset and went into the bathroom like crying upset saying she didn't feel good and then like came out like super hyped up and it's the time that she says I keep it first class I keep it top notch and she's talking to Heather (laughs) it's just like oh she's It's definitely like, I just railed four lines of coke, and I'm classy as fuck. I use a $100 bill, and I'm top class, bitch. And I'm not saying that I'm the hardest partier in the world, but I know when somebody says they feel sick and they're so upset and they go into a bathroom and come out (laughs) feeling like a million bucks, it's a pretty good sign of something. I mean, I find out. I would find it more shocking if Farrah and Simon weren't doing a lot of coke. Oh, absolutely. Especially hanging out with a guy like Simon. We've yeah. already established that Simon is fake rich, pretty much. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if his parents have money. Mm-hmm. They probably have money because they know how to spend money. And Simon likes to pretend he is the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> so well, he he's Egyptian. real estate rich. And I'm sure that he likes to have a good time. That's why he's dating a porn star. Yeah. I mean, a reality star. That was a leaked sex tape, Tomlin. Wait, I just want to share <laughs> Sophia's um, Daddy Derek post, which... Okay, so... I don't know. I don't, you don't really watch The Real Housewives, right? But on The Real Housewives of New Jersey, some of the kids have Instagrams that are, like, 10 and 11. And, like, one of them, Melania uh, Judice, <clears throat> she's, I think, 11. And her Instagram is, like... Geo, which is like her grandfather, like, I miss you so much. No, no, I love you. Like, it's very much like a little kid. Po- you know what it like? It reads like a little kid. Yeah. Age appropriate. You mean yeah. age appropriate? And Sophia says, I love this photo from my grandpa, Jerry. Love the snow. Love my daddy, Derek. Heart, heart, heart in memory of my dad. And it's like a picture of um the grave, basically, in the snow. What and- the fuck? And it's just, like, a child didn't write that, but they, like, want us to believe that she did? I don't really understand her angle on the on the Instagram it's, and Sophia's Instagram. It's, I don't... It's just another place for fair to get exposure. I feel like you are coming at it from an angle where you're thinking that fair has <laughs> ever really thought through any of the things that she's done ever in life. That's true. 
That's very true. Melania's Instagram is Melania Rocks with an X, one, two, three. Like, I love that for her. Although I think this is just her old one. I think she's a new one. But as I was saying, yeah, so Sophia is just, I also love in that Instagram post that Ferris always talking about why Sophia is bullied and always has like a million reasons for why Sophia gets bullied and none of them ever include like herself and the yeah. way that she acts. It's always like Sophia's wearing makeup. Sophia's getting bullied for being on TV. Sophia's getting bullied for her dad being dead, but it's never like Sophia gets bullied because I'm like a maniac reality TV star. Like Sarah I've said this, I think, online before, but with Janelle, I feel like her ego is just so fragile Mm -hmm. that she cannot handle knowing that she's wrong in certain situations. But when it comes to Farrah, she just lives on a completely different planet. You say words to her, she hears something completely different. I agree. Um, So to gear back to Nicole... I really loved, and by loved, I mean it was the only, like, enjoyable, not the only enjoyable thing. Uh, I loved her making the paper mache belly. That's, like, quite a popular thing to do on 16 and Pregnant. They're always making paper mache bellies, if you've noticed. I was thinking during the episode, like, why the fuck do, why do people do this? Liz? What do you like, do with it? Is somebody really going to keep? Like, I know some people, like like paint it and put it up at the baby shower but that's like the very last decoration that i would like (laughs) want like i don't get it and after the baby's what do you do with it do you just keep that we actually didn't get a nicole baby shower scene weirdly enough maybe when i was like maybe 19 a girl i went to high school with had a baby and i showed my mom pictures from the baby shower and she was like oh so people are just proud of that kind of thing now i love your mom so maybe <laughs> oh, right. so maybe that's how ricky was feeling about the whole thing yeah. i don't know i'll just buy it all like we're not celebrating this also so her going dress shopping was like really wild to me they went to like JC Penney's or wherever and they went to the juniors department and Nicole got really upset because she used to be a size zero and now she barely fits into a size 10 and it's like yeah bitch because you're 36 weeks pregnant like why are you in the juniors section like go to a pee in the pod or whatever maternity store they have and get a dress like of course they don't fit. How could a I'm surprised a size 10 fit her because she's tiny everywhere else. Like, I'm surprised, like, it fit in her boobs. Like, it was a very weird scene to me that, like, her mom brought her just to the regular store to get her homecoming dress. Because she's 15 and her mom, I don't know. I don't know. This is why I said I don't know about Ricky. Like, when she said she felt betrayed when Nicole got pregnant. I was like, there's a lot happening here. That's a weird phrase to use, betrayed. Right? Yeah. That's a really weird phrase to use. That's a, I mean, upset, angry, disappointed, sad. Like, those are all words, but betrayed is, But, because she said she felt like she was doing everything she needed to do to make sure that Nicole didn't get pregnant as a teenager. But Nicole said her and Josh never used condoms. 
So what were you doing, Rick? Yeah, why wasn't your daughter on birth control when you knew she had a shithead boyfriend? There's no way that Ricky didn't know that Josh was, like, pressuring Nicole into having sex. He was telling her to move in the hospital bed when she gave birth to their child. Well, wait, like, before we get there, I want to talk about how Nic- Josh is mad at her for going to homecoming because he's expelled and can't go, which is surprising to no one that Josh is expelled. And um, she, like, leaves homecoming at 9 p.m. to go meet up with him. And she's, like, in the parking lot, and he just, like, is ignoring all her phone calls and then picks up the phone, like, so drunk. And he's like, I can't come get you, bitch! Like, and she's like, okay, then I'll go home now. <laughs> yeah, it, that's one of the most pathetic scenes where he's like, whoa, why was I supposed to come there? And she was like, to hang out with me? And it was just like, oh plans, my god, Josh. Nicole. Josh, we made plans. It's just sad. It is sad. And... Uh, Nicole, yeah, so Nicole's birth scene is, like, extremely upsetting. She has to be induced. Um, Josh is being, like, such a great-A asshole. Like, she's trying to nap, and he's like, why are you trying to nap? Why are you tired? All you do is sleep. Like, why are you tired, Nicole? Don't nap. (laughs) And Josh and Ricky start to fight, and, like, they get into it. Yeah, it is the mom, because his mom is on the side of everybody who's sane, a.k.a. everybody but Josh. Yeah. And telling him to settle down, and so is Ricky. And that's another moment where I just have a kind of, like, you know that this kid is, like, weird in the head. We have to choose a different, like, approach with him. Because what we're doing right now isn't helping, but I just know it's such a sensitive time that nobody has, like, the wherewithal to do all of it at once. Yeah. I There's a really funny moment where his mom was like, then leave. And he's like, I need a ride, mom. Mom, I need a ride. You drove me here. Like, who gives a shit right now? <laughs> Josh, like. Josh should not give and a right as when that When that happened, Nicole was like, no, Josh. Day. And it's like, Nicole, <laughs> you're fucking up all the bargaining. <laughs> We're trying to get him to leave. Poor Nicole. Like, everybody's screaming at each other. Nicole's just crying the whole time. Like, I just want Josh to be here. Like, Josh gives no, or Nicole gives, like, no fucks that she's about to have a baby. Like, that's, like, not on her mind. It's like, where is Josh? No, not at all. And, and like, when she was at, before she was even giving birth, when she was at the OBGYN, and he was like, I don't know, cracking her open or whatever they do. I've never been pregnant before, obviously. <laughs> and she wanted him to hold her hand. He was like, no, I'm not going to hold your hand because you're stressed right now. <laughs> and that just, like, lets you know how supportive he was going to be at this moment. Yeah, it was awful. And finally, Josh, like, calms down. Baby Lyle's born, and it's after they go home, and Ricky, Ricky won't let Josh in her house. <laughs> She's like, you'll see the kid when you can see him. Like, he's not, you're not coming into my house. And I noticed Nicole seemed very unnatural with the baby. And I know not all moms are, like, natural, but some of them take, like, right to it. Like, Chelsea or Mackenzie McKee. But Nicole was, like, what is, looked I, it did not look like her baby. Like, she did not look connected to that baby at all. 
she told her friend she was still scared to hold him yeah. when he was like a week old. Oh, poor Nicole. And then we get a final scene of all of them together. Uh, oh, no, wait. Did that happen earlier? I can't remember. My notes are like all messed up. But Ricky obviously doesn't want Josh and Nicole to be together. And we find out that Josh is cheating on her again with Kayla. Really? Yeah. And that, shockingly, and then it ends with Josh dumping Nicole. <laughs> it's just so just, sad and pathetic. Uh, it's up there with Devon completely ditching Brianna and Nova. I like that fucking Marie Calendars or wherever it was in Brianna's season. How about um, Jennifer like, Del Rio being left on the side of her, the road with her babies? That's awful. Like, <laughs> when Nicole was in the parking lot in, at homecoming in her dress trying to call Josh to hang out with me. Josh, where are you? I was you? just thinking, like, there were people who were driving by, and it's like, what does it feel like to be the pregnant girl in the parking lot? calling and begging her baby daddy to hang out with her like that has to hurt man yeah, plus to be hurt. like the 16 year old girl on the side of the road with like two twin babies I was... because uh, your like baby daddy drove off on you like <laughs> oh my god I was thinking at my school dances like once we left we weren't allowed to come back in because they didn't want people like going uh-huh. out into the parking lot because we had like a big issue my sophomore year where like 30 kids were suspended over the course of homecoming weekend like between the football game and the dance for just getting so drunk so they like really cracked down on drinking and we weren't allowed to um leave like the dance if you left you had to like stay left and I wonder if that was the case at Nicole's school and then she like couldn't go back in and that's why she had to go play rock band with her little brother. Yeah. Her little brother was one of the other heroes of the episode. Yeah. he. I wonder what he's up to these days, because he's only three years younger than Nicole. I wonder what it's like to be Nicole's brother. How old is Nicole now? What year was she born? Um, I don't know. I think she's, like, 25. I think Janelle just turned 26, right? So Nicole's probably 25. So she's probably a year younger than Janelle. It was just Janelle's birthday, by the way. I hope everybody celebrated. Did you celebrate, Tomlin? I did. I put actual feathers in my hair, and then I stood in my window with my arms spread apart, and I let the spirit of Kiefer take me for a flight across the city. And I got high, high, you both high. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Nicole is a sociopath. She faked a stillbirth. She posted pictures of her baby daddy cutting himself on Instagram. Not sure what awareness that was bringing to anybody. Um, I encourage you all to follow Nicole on social media. Maybe not like follow her so she doesn't have your numbers, but like keep up with Nicole and look at her stuff in the context of somebody who faked a whole stillbirth. I like highly encourage you to do that. I would say that if you are a Teen Mom fan and you like people who do the most, Nicole is definitely a person that you need to be following. She is high on the list of people that I keep a watch on because I think that there is a shenanigan up their sleeve. And I really just can't wait to see what it is. So everybody do the doomsday countdown with me on Nicole. I mean, hard agree. I cannot wait. Like, Nicole... 
is the type of person that, you know, she wants to, like, rebrand herself as the family planner. The family planner. That's not the right word. But as, like, the the amazing mom. And she wants that to be her brand. But the reality is, is, like, she's nuts. And she'll always be nuts. And it will poke out, you know, from time to time. Like, in between her viral posts of, like, making Lyle do chores so he'll be a good husband one day is Nicole posting pictures of Josh Cunningham himself on Instagram. Like, she cannot help herself. And it's crazy oh, yeah. that this meek this meek little girl from her 16 and pregnant is who she is today. It really is very shocking. But it's also interesting in the way that she was only on TV for this short period of time. Yeah. And has latched onto this fame and continued trying to use that 15 minutes to prop up whatever else she does. And she got found out for lying before. So she has a rabid fan base of people who are like hashtag never forget. Yeah. Like that was a huge thing in Teen Mom News. And however small the like Teen Mom fandom is, it is very, very vicious. Yes. So it's not like you can ever do this rebranding because I see people post on Reddit and wherever the hell else saying like, oh, I saw an article about her on Facebook and I told everybody in the comments what she did. So everybody (laughs) knew like it's insane that she thinks that she's just going to be able to live this down. Like, especially because teen mom is about motherhood. People who are like mamas watch it. People who want to have kids who have experienced like that part of life who are very sensitive to that kind of thing. Like you, you can't just do that and think that that demographic specifically is ever going to be just like, eh. Yeah. It's in the past. I had sent this text to you, Tama, not text, tweet. And she had tweeted, this is just like Nicole in a nutshell to me. My friend died today. She tried adding me on Snapchat a couple days ago, but I didn't add her back because I didn't like her lifestyle and knew I couldn't be her friend anymore. It makes me sad thinking we could have talked one last time, but we didn't. I always told her to stay away from thing from things and that she could hang out with me if she needed sober friends. Sucks she never got better and she has a five-year-old son. Like, Nicole, she's a drug addict. Like, like... Do we think this friend was even real, number one? That's a good point. I think possibly she was real. It's just like, it's just, Nicole, Nicole posting that, I mean, I can understand her being like, fuck, like my friend, my old friend overdosed, like I didn't add her, I should have, that's really sad. That first tweet's like, whatever, you know, it, it's like, ugh, but whatever, It's the second tweet of, like, I told her to just hang out with me. And Nicole's, like, placing herself in this position. Like, if she had just hung out with me, like, she would be fine. Like, she'd be sober. Yeah, that's the same thing that Janelle did with Valerie Fairman. Like, I told her to stay on the right track. Janelle told her to stay on the right track. Nicole just posted about Valerie, Janelle thinks being alive still is... Nicole said... um, It's been a year. R.I.P. Val. Yeah, I th- you came to me in a dream. And it's like, were you guys even friends? By the way, um, I am planning on doing it at some point when there's like an off week. I'm going to do a Valerie episode and I'm hoping Princess will come on because she has foster care experience in Valerie. You can't talk about Valerie without talking about the fact that like she was adopted from foster care. And um, Valerie also is like a hometown girl to me. We're from the same area. 
So I am planning on doing an episode with her. Well, about her, not I'm with her. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's a sad story. I think story. that Valerie had a really important story on 16 and Pregnant. And it's not like I know. I'm not a, a kind of person who really connects with people on TV shows in any way. But Valerie's story is definitely a powerful one when you know how it ends. Yeah. And it's hard not to feel emotional at it. It's actually, this might sound wrong, but it's actually pretty surprising that she is the only person to die from 16 and Pregnant. Like, because there have been what, like, 50 people on 16 and pregnant now? And with opiate death rates in this country, it's surprising that more of them aren't in that position. Only the good die young, Liz. <laughs> Only the good die young. All right, Tomlin, I am dying. I need to go cough up a lung, and I'm extremely lightheaded because I can't breathe out of my nose. So I've been, like, deprived of oxygen for this whole hour and 15 minutes. But any final thoughts? It's been great, though. Um, Nicole needs serious help, but I think she needs it in a way that she'll probably never get. Yeah. So hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your unborn babies <laughs> because Nicole <laughs> is ready to exploit whatever experience you are having. <laughs> Agreed. All right, Tomlin, thank you so much for coming on. I love you very much. Thank you for having me, and thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I'm glad that you had me on again. I everybody you, have a happy new year. Did you want to give a shout-out to your friend? Oh, my gosh, yes. I know that she would be so upset if I forget. Shout-out to my friend Chrissy, Chrissy Toots. Everybody, if you are hot, you can hit her up. Her number is 424-223-10. Guess the last two, guys. Happy new year. Dublin. <laughs> Pulling a real Janelle on us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright guys, Happy New Year. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to me for 50 fucking episodes. It's crazy. I am this cheesy person, but I will talk to you guys next year. Let's hope 2018 brings us impeachment of Trump and uh, I don't know, <laughs> good stuff. Let's all, let's all secret that into the world. We'll all lose 50 pounds and except for Tomlin. She doesn't need to. And Trump will be impeached. <laughs> All right? Sounds great. All right. Love you, Tomlin. Love you. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.